Morning, church. Good morning. Welcome. Let's um, let's stand to our feet as we do every week as we gather together, beginning for by reading God's word to each other and encouraging one another um, with this, these words. So let's read. We're going to read Ephesians one three through six together. So let's look at Ephesians one three through six. I'll just click that first slide, hopefully. Otherwise, I don't know what to do. You scroll down all the way to the top. <laughs> well, there's the first song right above that one. There we go. Yep, that'll be helpful. All right, sorry about that. Let's read this together. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavens in Christ. For he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons, through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he lavished on us in the beloved one. And that's what we're here to do, to, to, to lavish in his glorious grace. So let's sing that together. Pure and blameless in his sight, he destined us to be. And now we've been adopted through his son eternally. To the praise of your glory, to the praise of your mercy and are washed away redeemed through sacrifice in him God has known to us the mystery of his will and by 
praise and glorify our God. And glorify our God, for we believe the word. And with our faith we have a seal, the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit guarantees our hope until redemption's done. One little word shall fail. A mighty 
encouragement this morning. You may be seated. Well, good morning and welcome to Hebron Baptist Church. We exist to glorify God by inviting every person to take their next steps toward Christ. For some of us, that might look like entering into a relationship with God. For others, our next step might be following the Lord faithfully through baptism or joining a local church. Wherever we are, we want to encourage all of us to take our next step toward Christ. Well, my name name is Alan, and it is so great to join with you all in worship today. Thank you so much for being here today. If you are a guest here today, we are so glad that you're here. We want to extend a special welcome to you. We would love to get to know you, and one way we can do that is through a Connect card. A Connect card is a card that should be in the seat in front of you. If you would pull that out and fill that out, that'll let us know how we can be praying for you, how we can serve you. Then after service, if you would exit through our central doors here and turn left, you'll see our next steps desk. 
there is someone that will be happy to answer any questions that you may have about our church. You can give that Connect card to that person and also receive a free gift. So welcome to our guests. We are so glad that you're here today. Well, we're going to transition now to a moment of prayer. And as we do, I ask that we all prepare our hearts for our act of worship through giving later in the service. So would you please join me in prayer? Lord, we come before you to worship you today. You are enthroned in praises, eternal King, creator of heaven and earth, holding time and space in your hands and our very heartbeat. We depend upon you for very life itself. And with that in mind, we lift up today, Father, our core value of engaging worship. Lord, thank you for the joy of the invitation of being able to come and fulfill the purpose that you've made us for as we get to worship before you. Lord, we ask that you would grant us a greater glimpse of how worthy of worship you are. Thank you for these moments that we get to come as a church body and worship before you. We pray also that our moments of quiet time with you will be filled of all worship. And Lord, as we worship in private time, in corporate worship, we pray that we would encourage each other as we do this. Lord, with, with this in mind, we lift up to you a number of prayer requests. We think of our upcoming elections on Tuesday. We pray for our government, for its leaders. We pray for the, the normal people like you and me. We pray, Lord, that, that you would be with all of us through this, and that as we go and vote, that we'll keep in mind how worthy of worship you are. Lord, our hearts go up specifically thinking of Amendment 2. We pray that it would pass. We pray that you would protect sanctity of life, not only in legal form, but, Lord, in our very hearts as individuals, as neighbors, as a state of Kentucky, as the whole world, Lord, that you would open our eyes to the fact that we are made in your image, Lord. Please preserve life. Father, we lift up to you our brothers and sisters worshiping you today in Utah at Redeeming Life Church. Thank you that we have the joy to partner with this church body. We pray for pastors Brian and Josiah and Robbie. We pray for this church's upcoming Thanksgiving dinner. We pray that you would bless this to be a sweet time of fellowship and of giving you thanks. Please continue to use Redeeming Life Church, and I pray that the, today that they too would think about how worthy of worship you are. Lord, closer to home, our hearts go out for a variety of health concerns that you know in our church body. We pray specifically for Carolyn Bond's niece, Rose, Lord, who was airlifted recently with a brain aneurysm and is going through surgery. Father, we pray that you would please bring healing to Rose and be with this family now. Thank you, Lord, that we get to serve you, a God who has seen our great need of forgiveness, of restoration, who has seen our great brokenness, how far we have fallen of your holy standards, and your response to us has been grace. Your response to us has been the rescue plan that we see fulfilled through your son Jesus, that he would come and become flesh and live among us, but die a death that he didn't deserve, but that we deserved on the cross. Thank you for Jesus' amazing passion as he died on the cross for sinners like us. And Lord, we pray that you would wash us clean of our sins, of our trespasses because of his precious sacrifice, and that you would give us new life because of his resurrection. Thank you that he conquered death. We continue to worship you and thank you for your amazing love for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In a moment, we're going to sing together again, and we're going to sing a hymn that many of us know and love, and um, a lot of us wait and are excited about verse 3 uh, when it says, I heard about a mansion he has built for me in glory. And we think about the victory in Jesus that is yet to come, but we forget of the victory in Jesus that is here and now. 
um, that cleansing power revealing is, able, is, is here for us now. Our lives can be healed from sin and from death now. And so let's stand together and rejoice as we sing together of God, the victory that we see in Jesus because we can know his victory in our lives now uh, in peace and in comfort and love and, um, and all those things. Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his healing of his precious blood atoning. Then I repented of my sins and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Me and fought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing blood. I heard about his healing. Of his cleansing power revealing How he made the lame to walk again And caused the blind to see And then I cried, dear Jesus Come and heal my broken spirit And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever Sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing blood. Heard about a mansion he has built for me. Heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea, about the angels singing and the old redemption story. On some sweet day, I'll sing up there the song of victory. Oh, victory is Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and fought me. With his redeeming blood, he loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is new. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing blood. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and fought me with his redeeming blood.
believe that? Would you say amen? Let's continue in our singing together and remind ourselves and others around us that we stand on the promises of Christ, even as we hear from his word. Let's, let's make this our truth.
Good morning, I'm Pastor Sean, and uh, I'm glad that you're here this morning. And about in just a second, we're going to dive into God's Word together. But today's November, but I know last month, the last time we were here, it was October 30th, and that month was Pastor Appreciation Month. And I did not have the opportunity to say how much I appreciate my pastors. And so I wanted to say thank you to Pastor Mark. And I want to say thank you for Pastor Allen. Pastor Mark encourages me through his prayers and for the way that he focuses us in worship. Pastor Allen is just a bundle of encouragement. You can't just be around Allen without being encouraged. God has given these two men in my life and made me better. And so I want to say thank you to my two pastors. So would you thank them with me this morning? All right, get out of here. All right, turn your copy to God's Word to 1 Samuel chapter 2, uh, page 234 in the Pew Bible that's in front of you. Uh, it is uh, Hannah's prayer or song that we will be reading today. We are walking through the first three chapters of 1 Samuel together, and we wanted to be uh, encouraged in what God did in history, in time, to reveal and bring about his true king. Now, he brought about the true king David, but we know that God's word and what this failing king was doing was pointing us to the better king that is to come. But as we've walked through this, we've seen really the example of Hannah and his and her life and how she trusted the God God in the darkest times, that he is a sovereign king, he is a trustworthy king, that he is a faithful God. And today we'll see all of this come forth in Hannah's prayer in 1 Samuel chapter 2. So if you would, we are going to just follow along as I read Hannah's prayer in chapter 2. Hannah prayed, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is lifted up by the Lord. My mouth boasts over my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There's no one holy like the Lord. There's no one beside you. And there is no rock like our God. Do not boast so proudly or let arrogant words come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge and actions are weighed by him. 
The bows of the warriors are broken, but the feeble are clothed with strength. Those who full hire themselves out for food, but those who are starving hunger no more. The woman who is childless gives birth to seven, but the woman with many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and gives life. He sends some down to Sheol and raises others up. The Lord brings poverty and gives wealth. He humbles, he exalts, he raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the trash heap. He seats them with noblemen and gives them a throne of honor. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. He has set the world on them. He guards the steps of the faithful ones, but the wicked perish in darkness. For a person does not prevail by his own strength. Those who oppose the Lord will be shattered. He will thunder in the heavens against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give power to his king. He will lift up the horn of his anointed. Elkanah went home to Ramah, but the boy served the Lord in the presence of the priest Eli. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful that even the words of Hannah was inspired by you and recorded that we might worship you rightly. And so, Lord, we come to you that you go through the superficial nature of our heart, that you dig down deep to our soul, that you would help us be reminded that you are a God who is worthy of worship and that we should be true worshipers. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, it's interesting how often that when we, many people who gathered, they've gathered yesterday in stadiums across the country, in stadiums today, sports stadiums and, and the, the act of, of, of cheering on your team often mirrors a worship, right? You enter the gates through a, dic- through a ticket with excitement for your team just as we are called to enter his courts with praise, that we come together and gather, and there are rituals. Uh, in the sports games, there's, there's a flipping of a coin, that there are certain things that, that go on. We, we gather together, and we have baptisms and the Lord's Supper. We, when we gather together at sporting events, we, we sing, right? I mean, you sing the national anthem or your, your team's fight song. There, we gather together with jubilation and and excitement for what is about to happen and often we see that these two things mirror each other but often we put too much weight on one and less weight on the other you see we especially as Americans we get really excited about our sports and in some ways it reveals our desire to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, to be a part of something that, that is, that is a, a movement or, an, or a, a, something that we can all join together. But it also highlights something that we can also often quickly trade the right God for the wrong God and worship the right way, trading it, for the wrong way. Here in Hannah's prayer is often referred to as Hannah's 
song just a kind of a preview in Christmas we're going to be looking at the songs of the gospel of the different Mary's song and, and all the different songs that that were sung but here in Hannah's song she shows us how to worship the right God the right way see in this moment in her life we know that she has given over to God in an act of true obedience and worship many of us would never be called to do she has given her one and only son to worship to God and even out of this overflow she brings a worship to God through this prayer and in this prayer it's a very actually profound deep theological and actually marker for the rest of the book of Samuel first and second Samuel the theme of it is a God who is the rock the one who is the faithful one and the same words and the same themes that were picked up by the mother of Samuel is again prayed by King David at the end of 2 Samuel that God is our rock remember at where this time frame in, in salvation's history that we find ourselves it is the time of judges the people were falling away from God they were, were floundering there was no leadership there was hopelessness but Hannah prayed and praised and be reminded through her own worship that God is faithful that God is the rock that he will bring about his will for his people. And in doing so, he does bring about his will. He brings about a king. A king that's dynasty will begin, but will last forever. And in seeing this, in this inspired prayer and song, Hannah shows us the way with greatness and thanksgiving how to worship the right God the right way let me ask this question how often do you worship the right God the right way how often do you change your focus even as we have gathered here this morning and not to the God of the universe but to the God that is tugging on your own heart, the little G God, today. How often do you come, not coming to bring to God all that he's worth, but coming for asking God to focus on you? There's an old worship song that we used to sing. It's a song, The Heart of Worship. The writer says, I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. Because it's all about you. Implying that often our worship is not about him. I saw on social media this week a meme that says, the Bible doesn't say upon this fog machine I will build my church. <laughs> and you know, it's easy for us to say and to, to, to lash out at certain types and styles of worship but it is more right for us to focus on the self-centered me-focused worship that we are drawn to 
I believe that there's a danger that we come and focus on make worship more about ourselves. That when we sing songs, they're not about God, but they're about us. I sort of have stopped listening to a lot of contemporary Christian songs, not because I'm against it, and, and, and trust me, my wife and my family, actually my Parker knows most of the Christian songs on the radio. He sings along with them in the back seat. But I have a hard time because sometimes the songs are so generic. I don't know if it's a love song about a person or about God. And I wonder how much worship that that brings. And in time, I think it focuses on us. That's why I'm so honestly thankful for Pastor Mark because of all of our songs that he, that he helped, he chooses is about God and the gospel. And that when we gather here at Hebron Baptist Church, that is the focus of our words. But also that even the musicians, how they help us to look on God and not even them. I'm thankful for a liturgy that helps us to praise God, to be thankful to God, to respond through a song about the gospel, and then even a song that helps us to come to his word. But I wonder about the attitudes and the things that we bring to worship. Even in the things that we so rightfully guard for ourselves in the way that we choose things at Hebron Baptist Church, we are tempted to worship ourselves. To be honest, we know that we all come and worship with hindrances, whether it's something that's happened on the way over from the house an argument that's happened in the car with a child, someone cutting us off in the McDonald's drive through line, that's me. The things that focus us away from the things that we know that we, we should be, which is God. So what do we learn about worship from Hannah's experience in this text? Well, there's three tru truths about a heart that worships God. Number one, if you're taking notes on your phone or in your bulletin, uh, number one, a heart that worships God can rejoice. A heart that worships God can rejoice. Verse one to two, we see he, Hannah says, my heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is lifted up. We must, with wild abandonment, worship God fully and solely rather than ourselves and our own ideas. And often we come to worship not focused on Him. Let's go back to our sports analogy. When I was younger, and especially when I was in fifth and sixth grade, we would go, the big thing in our town was, was to go to the high school football game on Friday night. I mean, this, in our town, that was the only thing to do. If you were at home, there was something wrong with you. We literally, I live in a town that hosts now the, the Division Three National Championship game. And this is a small, I mean, small town. But we have shown very clearly what our idols are. We put our money in a huge stadium, but it's filled every Friday night. And I remember as a fifth and sixth grader, my focus was... There was a hill, and it was rolling down the hill with my friends. Or seeing the other kids from the other elementary schools. 
or running around and playing tag. Now, let's just take that for example for a second. Going to a sporting event and the focus is not on the game. What if you had a friend who, who you took to the game and you, you walked in the gates and he said, I'll see you at the end. I said, what do you mean you see you at the end? Yeah, I'm just going to walk around and uh, look at the architecture of the stadium. I'm going to take some sketches. I'm going to, well, well, why did you come to the game? Well, I just thought, you know, I'm going to do all these other things. Look, you come to the game for the game, right? Friends, we come to worship for God. And often we get our priorities out of order. And we need to be reminded that it is because we come to worship focused on God that we get our priorities correct. Hannah does this. How do we know? Well, she starts out that she rejoices in whom? The Lord. She is lifted by the Lord. There is no one holy but the Lord. Over 21 times, or about 21 times in 11 verses, she uses the name God. Her singular focus on God enables her to focus and the reversal of her shame and honor because she has rightfully put God first. Hannah saw her God and that changed everything. She was so saturated with God that she could see the world rightly. Brothers and sisters, when we come to worship, we try to put the cart before the proverbial horse. We ask God to fill everything else instead of focusing on Him. But the Scriptures tell us, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Hannah saw her God and that changed everything. She says that her horn is exalted. I'm pretty sure back in those days they didn't grow horns. So what, what did she mean by that? When the agrarian culture, the horns on the animals, the, what would happen? Well, if the horn is lifted, what does that mean? The head is lifted. She's saying, my head, my life, my soul is lifted because I'm looking to God who is my hope. She has put her hope and her right focus on God. And it is this removal of her disgrace came because she knew it is God who is the one who has done all things. It's interesting. People go to church for a number of reasons. There's a list that was put up for people who have said that they were polled to say, what do they come to church for? Well, they say they come to church to see people, to talk to people get the latest gossip oh sorry baptist news <laughs> to make sure i'm noticed to feel better about myself to get a better perspective on life to hear the music do any of these reasons sound familiar i mean in full honestly on sunday this list can be a whole lot longer but hannah's prayer said that she came for God. And this truth was her focus was on the living God, 
the one who would be her salvation. Our command and challenge in Scripture that we often go to is Hebrews chapter 10. In verse 23 it says, Let us hold to the confession of our hope without wavering, since he who is promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works and not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. This verse commands us, reminds us the importance of gathering to worship. But what is its impetus? What is its drive? Why do we gather? Why do we come on the days that it is difficult? Why do we come on the days that, that we honestly aren't ready for it? Why do we come on a Sunday that's on the Christmas holiday when all the world would say that's ridiculous? Why do we come? Because there we meet God. Because we're there for Him. Because the Scripture says... He who is promised is faithful because God is faithful. We meet with a God who is faithful. Hannah's relationship with her Lord is a rebuke to all of those who have little interest in God. If you are little interest in God, but only what you can get from God, then brother or sister, your spiritual condition is at worst in danger and at best it's very immature. If we desire a faith that burns even in the dark places, it's a character that honors God at all times, then let our faith be focused on God himself, seeking first the kingdom, to whom is an eternal life. We must focus on God. Have you focused on him this morning? Did you judge the songs by what it felt to you? or what it said about him? Did you come to the scriptures this morning asking what is a faithful God going to say to me today? But when we actually seek God, the amazing thing is something does change about us. And that's number two, a heart that worship is transformed. As you read through verses 3 through 5, you see this back and forth. The, the bows of the warriors are broken. The feeble are clothed with strength. Those who are full hire themselves for food, but those who are starving hunger no more. Hannah is saying that those things that the world has put their faith in will fail, but only God is faithful. And that understanding of focusing on God first helps change our perspectives because a right worship of God has an impact on us because it alters our perspective and changes us for the better verse 3 through 5 suddenly is this remarkable woman Hannah as she sees her humble steadfastness under great trial it enables her to offer her treasured son for lifelong service. And what causes her to praise God with such beauty and power is because she's absorbed with God. And because she's absorbed with his character, his attributes, understanding his faithfulness, then she has changed to a place of thanksgiving and praise and honor. 
When we first met Hannah, do you remember how downcast she was? Do you remember how under pressure and, and how often she, she felt uh, uh, from her uh, rival that, they were, that was verbally attacking her? That she was not willing even to get up to worship, to speak for herself, and yet she turned to the Lord. And now look at her heart. Just in, in these 11 verses, her first word is a word of praise. She thanks God for overcoming her enemy. She sees her story in God's story in verse 8. She knows God's character and holiness in verses 2 and 10. And she sees God's coming salvation, a coming king. Her life has been changed. She has been transformed. And when we worship God, not only does he get the fitting place of worship, but we get transformed ourselves. Hannah was so full of God that she began to reflect him in her life. And when we worship God rightly and see him as the holy, sovereign, holy creator that he is, we understand that he is the one that is working all things out. He is the one that we can trust. When we worship him and put our sights on him, that everything else seems manageable and smaller and our fears go away and our problems are understood now in light of the sovereign God who's over all of them. That even John Calvin, who wrote to his friend, William Flarell, when his wife died, he was saying, he said, May the Lord Jesus support me under this heavy affliction, which would certainly have overcome me, had not he who raises me up from prostrate, strengthens the weak, refreshes the weary, strengthened forth his hand from heaven to me. See, when we rightly worship God, it changes us because it takes us from the worry and helps us to trust him who is worthy. It is the same attitude that comes from Psalm 121, 3 and 7. My help comes from the Lord, the master of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. The Lord will protect you from all harm and protect your life. You know, often when I'm driving around, I've had a difficult season Maybe a difficult season of parenting, maybe a difficult season at church or struggling in some way. I often do flip on worship music in the, song, in the, in the car. I have, a, I have about a 20, 25 minute drive back and forth, well, one way, 20, 25 minutes. So I have a good amount, and often it's filled with podcasts to, to increase my knowledge. But there's, there's often times that I turned to worship music. I don't know what people look like when I'm driving by and I'm just singing it out, but I know that when I sing and worship God and I'm crying because of the goodness of God, my spirit is lifted up. I'm transformed. Right worship of a right God transforms us. Do you focus on God in that way that will allow you to be transformed? Or do you come like a kid the day after Halloween, gimme, 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 focused on what you get rather than the one who gives it? Right worship of the right God transforms us. Which, number three, a heart of worship is overwhelmed 
by their salvation through King Jesus. See, when we rightly worship God, then we see perspective that changes us and it helps point us to the salvation we receive from Him. Just as Hannah was overwhelmed by the salvation she received in God, we too should be overwhelmed to the worship the God of our salvation. Verse 6, we see the end of her prayer, uh, towards the end of her, to, the, to the end of her prayer, we see her highlight God's sovereign working in salvation. The Lord brings, this verse 6, the Lord brings death and life. He sends some to Sheol and he raises other, others up. Later up in verse 9, he guards the steps of the faithful ones, but the wicked perish in darkness, for a person does not prevail by his own strength. Those who oppose the Lord will be shattered. He will be thunder in heavens against them. But the Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give power to his king. And he will lift up the horn of his anointed. And this we see that it is God and God alone who will bring judgment, but who will bring salvation. For those of us, no matter where we are in our life, we know that God will bring us salvation. And the one thing that helps focus us when we rightly see God then we see our right need for him. And it helps us to see our right need for him in salvation, our need for him, our need for a Messiah, that we know we are reminded because of who he is, how pitiful we are, how, how, how far we have come from him, how often we failed him, that, that we are weak, that we are poor, yet in God's graciousness, he still raises us up. Charles Spurgeon observed to this text, do any of us see our own portraits here? I can see just what I was by nature, utterly penniless. If we turn an unbeliever inside out, we cannot find a penny's worth of merit in him. The rags with which he professes to cover himself are so filthy he would be far better without them. May we search into a person's thoughts, words, and actions. May we ransack them and turn them over and over again and again. And may we put the most charitable construction that we can on them. But if we judge according to truth and according to the word of God, which is the only true way of judging, we must say of all that is in humanity, absolute futility. Everything is futile. Never was a beggar so short of money as a sinner is short of merit. Isn't that our status before Christ? Isn't that who we are without the loving nature of God overwhelming us? Perhaps it is because Hannah's thought had turned to God's judgment in which every one of us is rightly condemned. When she understood there was nothing, no reason for God to answer her prayer for his son. There was no righteousness, no merit, but God came to her giving salvation through the, the physical sense of a son, but through the understanding of his overwhelming love, she was reminded that she needed someone outside of herself to save her, which was God. And it is through this amazing voice and prayer of Hannah that was inspired by God himself that she highlights the importance and the reason for the book of Samuel, the anointed one, the king, 
whether from insight to the scriptures or through prophetic inspiration, Hannah foresaw that God intended to meet Israel's need by providing his anointed one. Who is the anointed one? In the New Testament, we call it the Messiah. God is going to provide the Messiah. And the story of God's king does not stop in First and Second Samuel. For God did not intend merely to provide a godly rule over Israel, but he further intended to exalt the power of his anointed, that is the Messiah, through Jesus the Christ. And Hannah's song is the first direct reference in the Old Testament to God's promised Messiah, which the New Testament Greek is rendered as Christ. How appropriate that this promise comes from Hannah's lips. The one who gave her only son into service of the Lord. That the Lord would speak through her the promise of his son that he would give to the cross to die for our sins that would save not only Israel but the nations John 17 3 this is eternal life that you that they may know you the only true God and the one you have sent Jesus Christ you see when we rightly worship God we see the gift that he has sent us in his son. You learned this lesson that even when you don't feel like worshiping, he has given you salvation through his son that when you come through the doors or you're sitting in your prayer closet or you're riding in the car that you have a reason to praise because you've received salvation through Christ, that you have a Savior, a Messiah who came. Have you learned this lesson that a God who is one, who ultimately matters, the one who you give account, that, that you know that you must go to for salvation? Maybe you've come here today and you've never trusted in the Lord. Maybe you're far from Him. But you need to stop trying to climb life's ladders unless you see that yourself, that your righteousness on your best day is filthy rags and your only hope in the final judgment is the one whom God sends himself have you learned that all who humble themselves and come to the Lord will receive the saving care not by might but by the Lord through grace I pray if you have not trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ that you will today that you will hear and see that God is sent as a gift that should be worshipped, and that in Christ alone you can be saved. But brother or sister, may you also see that in your worship, that it is He who drives us to worship. First Samuel 2 is the last word we ever hear of Hannah in the Bible. And hers is a story of transformation from pain to joy because of a radical experience of a God she worships. Can you say the same about that in your life? Can you say that you come and that you focus on the God of worship? Do you focus on Him or do you focus on yourself? 
be reminded of this wonderful gift we've been given to worship the right God in the right way. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, may we worship you rightly. Even in the last few songs that we have, may we focus on you, your character, your grace, your goodness. And may through it, God, your faithfulness to us is to pour out your love, help us to see ourselves rightly, and to transform us. But God, may we never hold back. Even the days that we are distracted, discouraged, that we rightfully focus on you because you deserve all the praise. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? Let's respond to what we've heard from God's word with uh, love and adoration for God.
announcements before uh, we take our offering. We hope that you'll start and plan about how you might participate in the offering here in just a few minutes. If you lend an ear as I uh, uh, give a couple of announcements. Today, Gospel at Every Home, 4 to 6, we'd love to have you. Uh, we'd love to have several teams, so if you can, please come today as we go out to our neighbors and our surrounding areas, and talk to them about church, talk to them about Christ. We'd love to have you at 4 to 6 here at the church today couple of things that are happening around Thanksgiving that we want you to be aware of. Our Bayouac ministry that our WMU leads and helps us in is uh, November 21st. Uh, now on that we provide a meal for Boone County adult workers. Uh, these are those who are adults with special needs and then they come. This has been going on for 40 years now, something like that, 40, 45, 46. So this is something the ministry we done in our community for a long time and we hope that you can come we hope that you can come that day to help but today we specifically need people to sign up to provide some of the food so across the hallway on the senior adult ministry board there's a place to sign up so you'll see some things that you can donate donate some of the things that you can uh, make for that day if you would go across the hall today and sign up and uh, um, if you have any questions, CK, uh, but this is a great ministry. And then, of course, on that day, it's the Monday before Thanksgiving. If you have the opportunity, if you're off work that morning, we'd love to have you come and help us serve and be part of that ministry. It will be here at the church. This is the first time since COVID that we've hosted them here. And so this is really exciting to have them back and people we've seen over the years, many of them. And so we get a ministry to talk to them, teach them, uh, have songs about Jesus and just encourage them. So we hope that you can come be part of that uh, on November 21st. Now, the day before is kind of focused on us, and I'm actually really excited about this. I actually just got on Amazon yesterday and ordered my stretchy pants uh, because we're having our Thanksgiving luncheon on the 20th. So right following service, uh, the church will provide turkey and ham and bread and mashed potatoes but the rest of us bring potluck foods together so whatever you bring bring a side or a dessert and we just have a great fellowship of thanksgiving together before we go and some of us travel to see other friends and family so the 20th we hope that you will come to be a part of that great fellowship uh, also uh, if you saw inside your bulletin is our christmas list of Christmas activities. Hope you kind of uh, go ahead and plan your holiday around these. Uh, really excited about the Christmas orchestra that's being put together. Many people who play are coming to be a part of our service on December 18th. Of course, our fireside Christmas carol, that is one that we really want to invite people from the outside. So we encourage you to start inviting someone to that night of activities. We'll have some uh, cookies and, and, uh, and uh, refreshments afterwards. So uh, some of you might want to be able to think about providing some cookies for that. But we want you to come. It's a great night of, of fellowship, singing carols together, special music. And you see all the other activities listed there that we hope that you'll be a part of. We do want to extend a thank you 
I just love our church family when we gather around for a very important event. And last, last week we had our trunk or treat. Uh, our best estimation for everything that we could, we could count through our responses and everything, we had 600 people come to our trunk or treat which was inside, which was awful. I mean, it, the, the weather wasn't great, but they came, and it was awesome, and we had so many people uh, take part. And we want to say thank you to all who did a, a trunk, who donated candy, who was a big part. We want to say thank you to uh, Christy for all of her work and helping organize, and what a great event. But we do want to thank and, and acknowledge uh, those that, that uh, one was like the, you know, the people who, who voted uh, for the best activities, and we should have uh, put in some pictures, and we didn't do that, but the first place are the Millers for the Sandlot uh, thing, so we're excited about that, and then uh, the Ralphs for their Zelda, uh, their Zelda display, and then Carrie Jones and the Jurassic Park Lego and the big dinosaur, the kids love that, my, my son did that, and we had a tie for third, which was also the Puckett family for the I Spa. So that's really exciting. Thank you, Puckett family, for that. And so we had a great night of serving people and just had a great night of fellowship. So thank you for everyone for participating and being a part uh, for that event. We have a lot of ways to contact them. And so what we're going to do is reach out to them with event, uh, information about our Christmas events. Some of them asked for information. Actually, some of them asked about uh, church membership, and some asked about children and youth. And so this is a way for us to reach back out and follow up with them. So thank you for this event. Well, now it's our time to worship. We pray, we've sung, we've listened to God's Word. This is an active opportunity for us to worship through our giving. We can't do, uh, you know, we had to buy a lot of candy. We had to do a lot of things uh, for the event last week. And the one way we do that is through your giving. So we're thankful for those who give. This is our opportunity to give, and we're thankful for the God who gives it all to us. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity to give, and God, we pray that we give out of generous heart and a cheerful heart as we give to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Christ the crucified, risen, reigning at the Father's side, foolishness to those who cannot see, blinded by the lies they have believed. Let the church arise, let the anthem ring. All the world has heard of Christ the risen King, the Son of the Redeemed. Boldly we shall sing, the hope of all the world is Christ the risen King. Stand and sing together. We, we are not ashamed, for the gospel is the power of God to save. Not a shame, 
opposing him, their efforts are in vain. Every age the gospel will endure. The Spirit's with the church forevermore. So let the church arise, let the anthem ring, till all the world has heard. Christ the risen King, song of the redeemed, boldly we shall sing, the hope of all the world is Christ the risen King. We, we are not ashamed, for we have is the power of God to Your foundation in His ways. We, we are not ashamed. For we have a great salvation in His name. Christ the hope, the life, the truth, the way. Christ alone, the life, the truth, the way. Amen. Thank you for singing. You may uh, have a great week.